0: But that time, yours.
1: Energized by the beautiful scenery of St. Joseph, Missouri. A few actual full team practices in now. I think we're pretty much ready to give you everything you need to know ahead of the 2021 NFL season surrounding the Kansas City Chiefs. Because Nate Taylor, you've been there for all of it. Seth Kaiser, you can help us break down everything. And I've, you know, been there once and have been here a few times. And yeah, I'm, I'm basically here to just throw the ball to you guys. <laughs> uh... Look, it's
2: it's been a true eventful journey to go to Saint Joseph for really what six out of the last uh, seven days mm-hmm. or so. It's uh, it's been fun to see fans, to hear applause, to hear ooh <laughs> um when somebody gets cooked or when somebody does something impressive. Yeah, it's it's a great um, atmosphere, honestly. Um, to kind of get back to something uh, that we're accustomed to. But look, I gave Josh one of the best hugs I've given all summer. And (laughs) uh, if that doesn't tell you where we are right now, I don't think anything else will, but there has been some eventful stuff that's happened at training camp. I would say nothing major so far. And I think in large part, that's a good thing for the chiefs, but for camp to really get off for the team to have a little bit of a break here on Sunday. And then I, I anticipate that the pads are coming on Monday or Tuesday, fellas. And that's when things get real,
1: real. Uh, Seth, you obviously are in Minnesota and not in St. Joseph, Missouri. So I think uh, before we get into some of the nitty gritty of camp and everything, I would just like to give you a second to talk about NFL game pass. <laughs>
3: <laughs> there. Is no you don't. <laughs> the the look, this is my side job. And I'm willing to say things that I just shouldn't say. Sure. Because I represent I, I represent the athletic when I'm on this podcast. Right. And mm-hmm. um yeah, the athletic has a relationship with the NFL. So I, I, it could I just
1: be server maintenance, Seth. It I could just, just be maintenance. I,
3: I just got an email saying some features like play, search, and coaches film might not be available at the start of the season.
1: Oof! Oh, no. I got another one telling me that it was about to auto-renew, but I think I'd handled that already. So... Uh, that I just, I, I you know, a little, uh, the PSA of things going around right now and you know, <clears> your, your best judgment, Seth, it has stopped you so few times that I will not push it on this one because it's such a rare occasion for me to hear you say, no, actually, I don't think I want to speak on that topic. So I'll take that. Uh, but you know, right now a, a few, a few things for a lot of people, uh, the, in the athletic and otherwise that are right now wondering if the NFL is going to let them continue doing their, their job. I thought, uh, you know, maybe we could mention that, but also... I don't want you to get yourself or anybody else in trouble. Here's, you know what? Here's, uh, you know what? I will say something. Oh, no. Are you sure? Because you could, you you had a, you, this is a a service.
3: This is a service in which the NFL charges people $100 a year Uh to upload onto a website stuff they already have. Mm-hmm. That's, that's already it. that's already on the server. Stuff that's already on their servers because it's all stuff that they do for NFL Network, or it's just you know coaches film, which is something that you know teams have access to that much, 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 much more. And by, by think, the way,
2: um, I was I was told that coaches film is readily available <coughs> for coaches in most circumstances um, mm-hmm. by the time they get on the plane.
3: Yep, and so they they have really? this. Wow. This is yes. a product that we it's just it's so easy to create in that you already have everything and all they had to do was just nothing that's it just maybe hire an extra person to to make sure the search function actually works or make sure that the select a play function actually works and instead what's happening uh, because this is worth talking about, and so I'm going to try. I'm going to
1: not say anything like incendiary. How's that, Josh? Great. That, that sounds work. great. That's sort of what I thought you might go because I figured there it was are, something worth mentioning.
3: This is my side job. Look, I'm a prosecutor. I, 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 I'm not like you know like a lawyer, lawyer that makes hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. But I do all right. I make a, I make a living. Um, there are hundreds of people that rely on all 22 to and hundreds might be understating it
1: mm-hmm. for
3: their job. The hundreds is, if we're going to go to people that that have side gigs that they really need, I mean really need, there are thousands of people mm-hmm. that provide a ton of content that is the equivalent of free publicity for the NFL, which has already showed an unbelievable lack of understanding of fair use, for one thing. Mm-hmm and what that means and i mean they don't even let teams do you know what nope, hang on going to take a breath they 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 seem to just there's just a complete lack of understanding as to how the nfl gets covered and why coverage of it is so much fun game pass coaches film separates People that just watch the games, that's something that they love because it allows them to look at it deeper. And you cannot do serious, serious, serious. I mean, I try with preseason. You can do some serious analysis without it. If you just go back and rewatch the plays, you do the best you can, right? Sometimes you got to do it with college film, all that stuff. But to 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 do like like it's like the the Patrick Mahomes weekly film reviews, can't do it without the coach's film. Reviewing cornerbacks, safeties, wide receivers, tight ends, linebackers can't do it without coaches' film. Offensive and defensive line can sort of you can do it, but the angles aren't nearly as good, and you really can't see hand fighting. It is, it it is, it is a, it is a travesty for coverage of the league that that's how that's going. Now, who knows? Maybe it gets fixed. Maybe it's up by the beginning of the year and they're just being pessimistic, but it is one of those really frustrating things when there are so many people that I respect that rely on this for their, for their livelihoods. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: And it's just like, it's just a reminder when, when people ask me (laughs) why I don't pull up roots and try this job full time, because I remember that how well I can do this job is contingent on a bunch of things I don't have any control over. Hmm. And that's why I will never, ever, ever do it. Um, and, and that is me saying the least I possibly can say. I'm so aggravated
1: by it, this is not
3: it's a multibillion dollar this for the
1: end i definitely should have saved this for the end of the show it's i mean it's hitting me now like a ton of bricks like tons of bricks like 50,000 yeah. pounds tons of bricks and, and, i should have I, saved this for the end of the show and
3: so i apologize should have saved it for the end of the show That's i apologize I but we're talking completely changes how i do my job or whether i can continue to do my job
2: and and, and just to and add and I'm not alone. just just to add this a little bit briefly you know um for someone like myself uh to ask as informed questions as i possibly can in terms of the x's and o's um game pass is a resource that is absolutely necessary Mm -hmm. so absolutely necessary yeah i think for anybody in the um trying to communicate so that the fans have more understanding of the sport they're watching, of the teams they care about, of the players that they are most interested in, and have some sort of a, um, you know, real, uh, if you want to, if you want the game to be relatable beyond the ocean of information that's available there, I, I would say Game Pass is a resource that, um, is helpful for everybody because there's been times, and I think the coach that I'm most thinking about when it relates to this is Steve Spagnolo, mm-hmm. who's been very honest about, like, yep, we did that. And then we did this. And if you actually look at this game, I, I remember he broke down Kendall Fuller's job responsibilities towards the end of the 2019 season when they won the Super Bowl. And a lot of that was understanding what I'm watching on game pass. How much does that match up with the actual coach's philosophy and uh, how much freedom is and flexibility is there based on assignments. So we're going to talk about Chris Jones in a little bit. Um, what they do in the preseason with him at defensive end um, will be a baseline for what they are wanting to show the Cleveland Browns on September 12th. But for everyone to understand how that may or may not look or how it even looked in the preseason, um, having the All-22 to go back to is just a resource that is that is massively important. Um, but we'll, we'll see how the league handles this moving forward and if they'll you know rectify their issues. Um, most people are putting this out there. I guess on July 31st is when you auto-renew if you That's uh, right. have it set that way. So um, if you want to make your voice or your um, frustration seen, heard uh, in the way that Seth feels or the way that I think most NFL fans are about the league, then you can choose to uh, get off that auto-subscription and see what the league does in the next, I think, six to eight weeks. Um, because I would assume they have to have this rectified by September 13th.
1: And alternatively, I mean, you guys know, I I don't actually even watch the games when they're happening. I just read the Mm. analytics afterwards and then talk about (laughs) it on the radio. Like, so you could also all adopt my strategy. You're just discussing the numbers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just look at the stats and then I see what the analytics people tweet. And then I don't actually watch the games and they would put my hand in the dirt, you know? Like, I just, Twitter's been right about that for a long time, but I figured I'd finally admit it here today. Anyway. You know what?
2: I'm
3: glad that we could finally get that admitted. So I I, I apologize for bringing the tenor of everything down. I'm still going to enjoy the season, but you know what? Maybe it'll just be as a fan for the first time in a decade.
1: Well, don't quit on the don't quit in the first ten minutes of this podcast because we, yeah, <laughs> we need you for at least forty five more minutes just today, and okay, then we can find that
3: is all the guarantee that you get.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I wanted to mention it because I imagine that there are plenty of fans who either haven't heard about it or are seeing it on Twitter and don't understand why it's a big deal and it's an extremely big deal to almost everyone that you're getting a- analysis and coverage from. That's sort of what that, that to to not put too fine a point on it. It it would be a very a very big negative for the entire NFL media world to take if this is uh, right. Not something that comes back, so. right?
3: And by the way, coaches film—it's the zoomed-out stuff, like the people that are listening to yeah, this yeah, that yeah. like that. I, you know, that I look at every snap and every play. It's—it's it's what allows me to do it. Um, and also, just one last side note: they've had months to do this, months. Yeah, everyone's mm-hmm. watching college film before the draft. Yeah. Like you should have done this in March, like. This is uh, Trevor Sycamore. <laughs> um, he he's uh, he writes for the Draft Network. He said NFL Game Pass thinks Michael Thomas made the right choice waiting to get surgery until right before
1: the <laughs> season started. <laughs> so That's a anyway, good joke. Topical. See see, I'm I'm good now. I'm good. <laughs> cool. Let's talk about training camp. You guys want to talk about training camp? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's do I it. So, so, sometimes I think last episode but we good spent good news from training camp. I think last episode we spent the first twelve minutes talking about the NBA Finals. So spending the first twelve minutes today talking about uh, Game Pass is at least like one degree closer. So I feel like I feel like nobody can really complain um Nate I'm I'm gonna throw a couple topics at you that I think are are relevant and and one of them is newsworthy as of right now don't expect this to be a terribly long portion of the conversation but I have to think that anyone who saw that Travis Kelsey left practice early today had to be at least a little bit nervous you found out later that it was back and hip tightness for Kelsey Um, Mm -hmm. seems like something he walked up the hill on his own didn't get carted off or anything doesn't sound terribly serious right
2: It does not. Um, So I wouldn't be concerned if you're listening to this on Friday and it comes out that he does not practice on Friday. I I wouldn't be surprised by that. Um, I think the next benchmark is, and I believe this is correct on the team schedule, but they are off Sunday. They come back Monday. Mm. Um, Rick Burkholder has been with enough veterans, particularly Travis Kelsey, who's been with the organization throughout his entire NFL career, that it might be uh, understandable if he takes Friday and Saturday off Gets another day, and then you know uh, maybe has limited reps on Monday. That that would be my um, best guess at this point. Um, now if Travis Kelsey could get treatment today, could wake up tomorrow, feel fine, and want to you know go back out there. That's also a possibility too. But the the biggest key here, and I put it in my second tweet, um, was that he walked on his own. Yeah. Um, there was no hobbling. There was no. Uh oh man! Like, did he tweak something? And we gotta go into you know we gotta go into the indoor facility at Missouri Western and and just double check some things in terms of scans and all that. So, as you mentioned, Jassy was not carted off. Um, it appeared to happen in the individual portion of practice, which is very early. Like, we weren't even in the seven on seven yet, which is usually when Travis Kilsey shines. Um, but it allowed other players at the position to take just about all of the reps um travis kelsey uh didn't really show much discomfort on his face i just think maybe he was the veteran who was wise enough to know it's really early in camp maybe i don't need to push this right now and if i feel discomfort now we need to take care of it um because as i've said before uh this guy is on the other side of 30 Mm -hmm. um and he is wildly important to the Chiefs offense, by the way, uh, Patrick Mahomes has only played one game in his career without Travis Kelsey. And that just happened to be his NFL debut in week 17 of a meaningless game in 2017. So um, if he makes the right decision here and he gets back next week and everything's fine, um, then it was just a footnote into training camp. Uh, If this thing lingers a little bit, uh, we'll obviously keep you aware of that. But in terms of major core players, leaving practice, this might be the best case scenario um, when considering what the other possibilities may be.
1: Only other major injury note to this point, I think is that Anthony Hitchens did he, he uh, had a hamstring in day one of full team practices uh, being two of those so far, as we record this right now, did not practice today. Anything on that that you find super noteworthy? Uh, I'm going to write this kind of in a uh, wink, wink manner. (laughs)
2: Um, the first day is so hard. <laughs> By the way, it was blazing out there <laughs> on, the, on Wednesday. So the first day's hard. You're not in pads. You've done the conditioning drills. But look, changing directions, trying to cover this dude uh, from a defensive standpoint. It's really hard. And then um, this is just a hypothesis. It may be something that I ask Anthony um, when the opportunity presents itself. It's day one. It's hot. We just try to get into a groove. (laughs) And the Chiefs video department put out a video on social media. Yeah. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Patrick Mahomes keeps looking. Keeps looking. Keeps looking. Anthony Hitchens has now committed to going to his left. I'm sorry. I'm throwing a no look past the Tyreek Hill. And so Anthony Hitchens has to change directions. See the flight of the ball late, of course, because it's a no-look pass, and then throws his entire frame uh and doesn't get there. It's a completed pass to Tyreek Hill. We really didn't see Anthony Hitches after that. So the hypothesis is <laughs> did did Patrick Mahomes' first no look of training camp lead to a you know unanticipated injury? Um but, you know, Anthony Hitches did walk around today with some trainers. He did some light conditioning work, uh, we're gonna to talk to Andy Reid, I believe, on Saturday. He'll give us uh probably a bigger update if, if Anthony hasn't returned there. But I don't think it's I don't think it's serious. I just think hopefully a month from now you can look back at it and be like, wow, uh Patrick in like one of the first seven on seven reps in front of fans. You know, he's putting on a show. Mm-hmm. Uh one of the un one of the one of the un you know, rel- I guess it's somewhat related, but one of the unintentional consequences, I guess is the better way of saying it, is that Anthony Hitches tweaked his hamstring because he's doing a rep that is more game like than it should ever mm. be on the first day. On of, day of one. <laughs> on first team full practice. <laughs>
1: Uh, so I don't, Seth, I don't mean to box you out for two straight little quick hit topics there, but unless, unless someone's texted you about the seriousness of Hitchens or Kelsey's injury, I want to get to the offensive line. I figured you'd probably be on the same page there if you don't mind.
3: That, the last time you threw it to me, I ranted and really (laughs) really brought down the, the entire room. So I I would not. I, I get so conscious from...
1: sometimes whenever I ask back to back questions to either of you, and I'm thinking like the other one of the other one of you is clearly sitting there just carving into your desk, just hateful things about how uh, how no. much I'm wasting your time. No, right. I to, be honest, do that. Me, to, to be honest, to no. be honest, Nate, I don't, to be honest, Nate, I don't really think that you do it. <laughs> I just know one of you
3: has issues <laughs> with ego, not you, Nate. <laughs> 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 no, no, I. Uh, no, the the thing with Hitchens, I mean, I, I these are veterans. They've always been super careful with veterans in training yeah. camp. Plus, they it's hot. Yep. And, I mean, it's like, oh, Travis, you really need to learn the offense. I mean, <laughs> right. come on. I mean, he Travis Kelsey could not practice for the entirety of preseason and play week one. Yes. And they'd be
1: fine. Yeah. So let's go to the interesting thing. I I think the biggest story, I think all three of us agree, uh, Mm -hmm. it comes across the offensive line. And so your starters, two of, I I would say at least three of these guys are pretty much expected. Now, even one of them expected is a a bit of a, a headline. But Orlando Brown Jr. at left tackle, no surprise there. Joe Tooney at left guard, no surprise there. But then Creed Humphrey getting the start at center. We talked about this some, that he was getting all those first team reps, it seemed, in the OTAs and mini camps. He's been out there in the first team in the middle of that offensive line. Uh, A rookie, which is relatively rare for Andy Reid, but a second round pick like Mitch Morse was. Um, And uh, getting the, the... Obvious sort of nod there over Austin Blythe at this point. I think that's a good thing. I think we all agree. Uh, Right tackle is Mike Rimmers to this point. We'll come back around on Lucas Nyang in a second because I think there's something interesting going on there as well. But Nate, what did you think whenever Trey Smith, a rookie sixth-round pick, who obviously fell beyond what his talent would have indicated because of the blood clot concerns from Tennessee, what did you think when you saw him getting all the first-team reps at right guard? I just thought... And Andy kind of alluded to this
2: after uh, the practice. But I, I just sat there and I thought, wow, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to push this to the limit as much as we can. Um, and I'm talking mostly from the coaching staff, scouting department standpoint. But but they're going to push this as far as it'll go. And the question now becomes, Do does this group get to September 12th? To take on a pretty good Cleveland Brown defensive line. Um, can they get through this p- camp preseason? Um, because as I wrote in the athletic, you're just trying to get as much you're trying to squeeze as much talent and potential that you know is there, and you're just trying to accelerate it as much as possible. So I understand Andy Heck, Andy Reid, Eric Bienemy, and Patrick Mahomes all coming to an agreement that. These guys will not be the same players they were yesterday meaning Wednesday. Like they they should get better in year 1, in year 2, in year 3. Just start the process now and see how far they can get to see if they're truly ready um to make their NFL debuts for a team that's trying to get to a third straight Super Bowl um against a contender that is trying to uh show its own legitimacy uh to becoming a Super Bowl champion. I I think it's fascinating. Um, As I also wrote in the past, this is something that kind of goes against Andy Reid's MO. Um, In the past, ever since I've covered this team, um, they've always sort of given the veteran the starting blocks on the inside track. That's a nice little Olympics, uh, you know, tidbit for you. But, like, they're starting in lane three. And the rookies is usually starting in lane six, and it's like, hey, 200 meters until into camp, see who wins the race. Um, They're doing it differently this year. Um, One note that fans should always keep in their mind, especially as they watch the first preseason game, because I think this group will definitely start if they are fully healthy and available um, against the 49ers, Andy Reid, since he's been with the Chiefs, has never had two rookies make their NFL debut on the offensive line in game one. Um, so I, I think it's, I think it's really interesting. Um, there were some hiccups today from Creed Humphrey in terms of snap and the exchange between him and Patrick Mahomes. But, uh, it's, it's something that I didn't expect going into camp. If you've heard previous episodes, but if you want to get, if you want to see as many reps as physically possible from these two young guys and Creed Humphrey and, and Trey Smith, uh, I can understand you saying, Let's see how they do. Let's see how they do with the pads. Let's see how they do in the preseason. And let's see how much of the information they retain in terms of all the blitz packages, all the personnel, the twisting that a opposing defensive line can present.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. Seth, I I went to go pull
1: up your Trey Smith film review in The Chief of the North newsletter uh, from back in May, and I found out that you did an update. After this news broke, I had not seen this until just now. So that's very exciting. I don't know if you've tweeted out the link again recently, or people can just go Google, you know, Trey Smith, Chief of the North. They'll find it. Um, But can you give us a little bit of a a recap of what you saw from Trey Smith as you looked at him out of the draft and how you feel like he's going to work there in an offensive line, presumably between Humphrey, who you also, of course, reviewed out of the draft, and Rimmers?
3: Uh, Yeah. So... It's a, it, it's an interesting thing with Trey Smith. So I wrote about him back in May, um, kind of breaking him down similarly to how I broke down um, as best I could uh, offensive tackle prospects when, remember, the Chiefs were going to draft a tackle and we all knew it. <laughs> right. Um, I just, I got to stop doing this to myself. Like, this is just, it's unbelievable. Um. So I'm looking at upper body, lower body power, um, hand fighting, lateral feet, agility, bounce. Ah, uh, awareness, that kind of stuff, which, man, he's mean. It's hilarious. Um, So the interesting thing with Smith, and this is what was kind of fun. And one of the reasons I did this, I'd never done this before for the website. I also made it unlocked so anyone can read it. Unbelievable, um, Seth. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I had to because it's important. So the the biggest thing for me is when I wrote about him, what I said was, um, so I talk about, uh, I'm just going to read it because it's relevant here. Um, when one watches Smith perform in college, it's easy to see why he was thought of as a player who could be taken in earlier rounds. There just aren't many humans on earth with his size and strength that also possess decent feet and the ability to move well. His ceiling is that of an elite guard at the next level. And he shows flashes of absolute dominance against top tier competition while playing with an edge that fans will love. However, he does have some edges that need to be ironed out, ironed out in terms of technique and consistency. If he wants to reach that considerable ceiling, um, and et cetera etc. And I said, so if he does that, you know, if he irons things out, he'll be impossible to keep up, keep off the field and just hard for defenders to deal with. Andy Reid's quote, his word of choice with Trey Smith, consistency. That is interesting. And I think, you know, Nate is really onto something. I mean, Andy Reid does not start rookies very often. Um, He did it with Mitch Morse, Um, But Mitch Morse was a technician. I mean, like a complete and total technician, right? Like where he did everything correctly, which I think is why Creed Humphrey is kind of getting the nod because that's what he was in college. That's not really Trey Smith. Um, So for him to get the nod early is interesting. And for his consistency to be praised is really interesting. So it's very encouraging and we're two-thirds of the way there for my quote-unquote best-case scenario offensive line. Because the best-case scenario for the offensive line, and I've said this before, and it's interesting they've got Yang practicing at backup left tackle. Part of me wonders if that's because they want to, you know... Be swing tackle there, something like that. The best case scenario, the, the young guys win it at every position because you know with Andy Reid, that means they won it. He was like, well, I got to put these dudes on the field. And then they've got their offensive line, assuming they re-signed Orlando Brown,
1: locked up for the next four years. I want to circle back on Yang in a second, so I'm going to put a pin in that. But you you also mentioned in the newsletter that you thought it was interesting, you know, that also Andy Reid didn't just default to all the young guys out of the gate, right? Like, that would have been relatively out of character. And, Nate, I would never ask this question to Andy Reid this way. But, like, I wonder if there is some amount of, like, hey, do you want to just not play three rookies side by side by side? And Andy Reid's response would be something to the effect of want to play the best five and no, you idiot, you know. He wouldn't call me an (laughs) idiot, but he would be thinking about it. But and I, I, and, I oh, go but ahead. I, I will
2: say this, Josh, and um, Mitch Mitchell Schwartz has mentioned it sort of after leaving the team. Um, we've all talked about it, we all understand it. Um, playing tackle in the NFL is <sighs> a little different than playing guard and center, so yeah. that 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 might be a, 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 an issue, too. And um, it's interesting that they have maybe done the more traditional at center, but the inverse in the interior um, because those guys were drafted this year. And I just want to tell people right now: if you know Kyle Long comes in, if Laurent DuVernay Tardif comes in, and Aust- if Austin Blythe comes in, like that's not a bad thing. Mm. It's just naturally telling you. We gave them the reps early. Now we have something to work on um, while we have a little more trust in these older, more experienced players going into the year. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong that can go either way with this, you know, unless somebody just plays poorly, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but by and large, I feel like if you want to have Lucas Niang learn left and right tackle, if somebody gets hurt in the season because you feel like that's your third most talented tackle going into the year because again, he hasn't played yet uh since he opted out of last year. That's okay. That makes sense to me. Andy Reid, Andy Heck, Eric Bienemie, Patrick Mahomes. And um if you want to see if
1: the young guys can hang, I, I get that too. The the thing with the Yang and, and again you guys now I think have both at least alluded to it. So the the first team offensive line we just gave you it's Brown, Tooney, Humphrey, Smith, and Remmers, but the starting tackles on the second team. Are, or at least have been, I, I don't know, th- you have to confirm, I guess, if this changed today, Nate, but it, it was Lucas Nying at left tackle and Andrew Wiley at right tackle. Is that still the case as of today? Yes, that is
2: that is still the case. Who who saw Andrew
1: Wiley being the backup right tackle? Because that surely wasn't me. I did neither. but then I was thinking about it on the radio show last night because I literally said out loud, I don't know who, like, the fourth tackle would be. And then I said, well, I guess it's Andrew Wiley, who played tackle in the Super Bowl, by the way. Like... I not well but like he he did that was the last place we saw him was at tackle not again not that that's a place you want him to be but I thought it was interesting to see um Niang working on the left side because again if if Orlando Brown Jr. gets hurt or Lucas Niang has to play left tackle <laughs> like it it cannot be Mike Rimmers again also right. from the Super Bowl and it cannot Correct. be Andrew Wiley so and I it cannot be Yassir Durant right like so is he still on the team? He's still on the team, right? Um, they cut yes. Martinez Rankin right after he was in the Madden highlight reel thing. Whenever they announced the Madden cover, I do I do remember that. Correct. Um, but so if if you're if something happens to Orlando Brown, it's got to be Lucas Niang because he's the only guy that seems anywhere near like being able to fill those shoes in some ways, in like a physical sense. But also, I really thought that there was going to be a real right tackle battle between him and Mike Rimmers. And it seems like if that was going to be the case, you'd rather have him working at right tackle with the twos or having him and Rimmers kind of trade off reps on the right mm-hmm. side. So it, you know, we're two day, we're two full camps camp practices in here, Nate, but is the right tackle job no longer an open competition? It appears that way. Um, which again,
2: another surprise, that that's, that's one appears- of very
1: few real surprises. I think for me out of these two days. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It, it appears that way. Um, I, I'm I'm fascinated to look at all these players on the offensive line when the paths come on, because we know what Frank Clark can do, we know what Chris Jones can do. We have a really good idea about Jaron Reed. No one talks about Derek Notty, but Derek Nottie's really good. Mm. Um, you know, so you're gonna have legitimate competition from one side of the line of scrimmage, and I just want to see how the other side you could argue the more important side towards this towards the goal of this season, how they, how they act. Um, But I, I remember when the team was contemplating cutting Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz and how much Lucas Niang was a element to that decision. Um, Mike Rimmers was obviously a free agent at the time or was going into free agency, I should say. Um, But he had a better year than most people realize. Um. And, and Seth can sort of take it from there. But in terms of trust at the edge, knowing these freaks that are across the line of scrimmage, um, it, it's, it's, it appears to me that it's just really hard for Andy Heck and Andy Reid to say, let's trust this rookie in this particular manner when we know the guy last year really wasn't the issue until he had to play out of position in the Super
1: Bowl. Seth, you can take it from there.
2: So, it's
3: important when talking about Mike Rammers to understand, and we've talked about this before, but he got put in the worst possible scenario possible, he said possible twice. I talk for a living, guys. Um, (laughs) He got put in the worst possible scenario possible, of all possibilities, for an offensive lineman in the Super Bowl. He was asked to switch sides, which, I mean, I guess it would be worse to, like, ask him to play center, but I mean, like, within Uh reason, Right, right. He was asked to flip sides of the offensive line after playing for several, not just the whole season, but several years in a row at right tackle. That how hard or easy that is depends on the person. Some players say it's not that tough for them. Some guys do seamlessly. Others say it's like flipping sides, like trying to learn how to wipe your butt with your off hand, which <laughs> seems hard. Honestly, I'm afraid to try it because I'm afraid <laughs> of the mess it'll make. Um, Gross. uh. <laughs> it reminds Incredible me. Incredible analogy. Thank you. Well, you know what? I thought of it because of my five-year-old because the other day we're sitting at the dinner table and he goes, I have to go to the bathroom. And well, he said it, you know, more like a kid, not like a 40-year-old. Like, <laughs> I, uh, fa- excuse me. Father, please excuse me here. while I go powder yes, my yes. nose. Father dearest. Yeah, we were the Von Trapp <laughs> family. Um, and so he he he's about to go to the bathroom and, and my, my wife, Jazz, starts to get up to go with him and he goes, Mom, I know how to wipe my own butt. <laughs> and he goes into the bathroom, and 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 I go. I'm like, son, are you sure you got it? And he's like, yeah, I got it. And then it's silent for a while, and so we're sitting at the dinner table, which isn't too far away from our downstairs bathroom. And after about a minute or two, we hear our, our son goes, so. I'm not very good at this. (laughs) And both Jazz and I looked at each other and we're like, oh, no, what is in there? And I think we paper rock scissored it for who had to go in there. Um, Yeah. So anyway, think about wiping your butt with your offhand or wiping your butt as a five-year-old. It's not easy. So he was asked to do that while playing against top-tier competition from multiple spots while the rest of the line was a disaster. It was a scenario built for him to fail. And not on purpose. It's just what they did. He played solid at right tackle all season. Um, and that's tough. We, we talked about this. The difficulty in beating a competent NFL player out of a starting spot. That's really, really hard to do. Mm-hmm. And especially, I, I just keep thinking more and more, like, so they got Trey Smith starting at right guard the first two days of camp. I mean, you know, Gardner Minshew was taking more reps with the first team than, you know, Trevor Lawrence on day one. So, I mean, take from these things what you will, right? But if they are really, like, if if with Trey Smith, if they're impressed enough with him that it's a legitimate competition between him and LDT or him and Long or all three, and maybe they even think Smith has the edge, right? Right. I imagine that gives Remmers a bit of an advantage because, you know, Andy Reid's out there thinking like, man, we can't start three rookies on our line. (laughs) Like, right? Like, we can't do that. Like, who does that? When has that ever been done? And so I I assume that gives him a bit of an edge in that sense. And also, like you said, with Lucas Niang, maybe they do want to try him out at left tackle. Like, Mm. because they need a swing tackle and they don't want it to be Remmers. So, there's a lot going on there. I just, I'm still just stunned that Smith is starting off where he's at, which is,
1: it's good news. Yeah, that's the thing. The thing at this point, like, it... I guess with maybe the exception of Niang there, it all feels like a like a pretty good series of developments and if niang if Niang is the the swing tackle this year, but they think if he has a nice you know a nice season from that spot, hopefully it doesn't play much because it means someone's got hurt but if if he has a nice year as a swing tackle in what is still by his contract his rookie season, then maybe you have him hopefully sledding into the right tackle spot in year two like there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I'm yeah. completely agreeing with you. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it gets quiet whenever we all agree, and it's like, all right. I mean, fair enough, I guess. No, you're making a good point there. But
2: hey, maybe maybe this is exactly how it sounds in one of the dorm rooms at Missouri Western State University, mm-hmm. where they're just like, okay, and now we move forward. Now we got to communicate <laughs> that to the players, and uh, and we'll we'll see how it looks on the tape.
1: But um, but no, I, I think I think you're exactly on point, Josh. Well, then let's, you know, let's have that just be the uh, the ringtone that I'm going to set for my phone for every time you text me, actually, now. It's just, I think you're right, Josh. Um, oh, Nate, Nate, <laughs> Nate is calling. Um, and, and in the meantime, let's talk about some of the other stuff that popped up, specifically defensively. Um, the linebackers, we talked about a tiny bit with Anthony Hitchens, um, him having the hamstring issue, and Nick Bolton getting a little extra run today, but you couldn't help yourself from tweeting about Willie Gay yesterday.
2: Yes, Willie Gay the true star of two days into camp, I, guys, uh, that boy was everywhere <laughs> on Wednesday. Okay, I should say that grown man, but that grown man was everywhere on Wednesday. Man, it's it is a it's a true joy when you see a rookie by and large swimming in a pandemic year with no OTAs, no mini camp. Just what are the play? What's it called again? Huh, coach? What? You know? But I but but you know he's athletically gifted. Now, as Andy Reid uh sort of alluded to after Wednesday's practice, he is putting it all together. Um, he's a starter. Just that's the headline, kids. Mm. Willie Gay, starter. I know that like I made you have to hear, because that's my job, that, that that he wasn't gonna play until October. Mm-hmm. And honestly, y'all, it was like late October. Anyway, this year, I got good news. He a starter. Just, that's the bullet point. I know you want to ask me about Nick Bolton. We will get to that. Um, <laughs> Willie Gay was great. LeJarrius Sneed is a top cornerback. Um, he's playing inside and outside, uh, similar to what Spagnuolo said uh, during the offseason, that that was kind of the plan that they were thinking about. Um, I, I get the sense that, There's about like if you want to add the nickel as like that 12th man starting gig, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. About nine of these positions are locked up. Now, Josh, I'ma ask you about somebody, and we may we 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 may all be in agreement on the other spectrum. Okay. What are they doing with Juan Thornhill?
1: I don't know. I don't know. what, What are they doing? I don't know. I was, I was going to ask you that, actually. And I forgot. Because, so, here's, we, we haven't talked about Thornhill, I guess, since, since he talked. Because I, I, I mean, we were both up there on Sunday. Like, I felt like he had a super interesting press conference. And I'm I was buying one Thornhill stock on Sunday. And he was up there because he was, you know, rehabbing from the injury still. So he was able to, to report there with the rookies. And, you know, I got to ask about running with the, the like being the vets among, the veteran among a bunch of the the rookie guys who reported. Mm-hmm. And, and you wrote about that up in The Athletic and a bunch of other stuff as well, obviously. And I was like, all right, well, you know what? This this might be one Thornhill season. We might be here for this. And then tell me what happened, Nate. Uh, Dan Sorensen is with the ones. What are we doing?
2: And this is no disrespect to Dan Sorensen. Eh. This has everything to do with what are, what, what, I'm not sure I understand the plan as it relates to Juan Thornhill. I completely understand the plan about Nick Bolton, which, mm-hmm. again, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get there very briefly. Here's the thing. Juan Thornhill was asked point blank by one of our colleagues, one of our media members, have, have you had any cleanup procedure? Juan Thornhill did not say yes he kind of didn't say no Mm. but he looks fine Mm -hmm. he 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 looks fine to me via my eyes so i'm not sure what's happening here and we will get a chance to talk to steve spagnolo about this sometime early next week i i just don't i just don't know i i Juan Thornhill needs to play the majority of the snaps this season for the Chiefs defense, I believe, to be at their best. Alongside Tyron Matthew being the robber, queen chess piece on the board. And Dan Sorensen still has a vital role just because he can always go back between that third safety and having a sort of hybrid linebacker. Depending on what the Personnel is from the other team and what the linebacking situation is given that week, given that game. Uh, Dan Sorensen is a fine veteran player. I don't know what they're doing with Juan Thornhill.
1: Well, so that's the thing. Like, it's not... It's not the usage or whatever that we're talking about. It's not Sorensen having a certain role. I think we, we fall into this trap, Royal We, fall into this trap on, on Ben Neiman sometimes where, you know, like half of Chiefs fans think he, he shouldn't be on an NFL roster. And he he should be. He should be your fourth linebacker. Like that's actually... He has some value in that. Yes, um, yes. But the issue is whenever he's on the field alone with Anthony Hitchens, and you go, "Wait a second, hold on, I don't, I'm not sure I like what's happening here." <laughs> <laughs> I are we going? In, is that happening to Thornhill also? Like, I don't, I, I don't. I, do do you think that? Do you think that there's something in terms of working him back in slowly, or or does it look like by your eyes that this is a choice being made? I think it's a choice being made right
2: now. Um, I. I can say this now, because <laughs> you know we're in training camp and things are things are available to the public. Hey, there were season ticket holders out there on Thursday. There were legitimate fans uh, who were not season ticket holders that were out there today. Juan Thornhill didn't really do much in the off-season program, just because uh, they were comfortable with him. You know, mostly taking mental, mental reps, understanding the communication process. Uh, what, what's what what do he and Spagnolo think about certain new plays, new concepts, depending upon whatever the formation is in front of them, that type of thing. That all makes sense. Um But it I don't wanna sound quick to judgment, but it is interesting that it's it's time to start implementing those things. It's time to start like having the best eleven players on the field in coordination with one another, understanding as Andy Reid said on Wednesday your responsibility and the responsibility of the next player or two uh, surrounding you and how all these things are sort of being connected. It, it To me, it's time. Um, so this is where I will push back at the coaching staff to some degree. They may know more information. In fact, they probably do know more information. But with with what we've gathered so far, um, Juan Thornhill says he's 100% healthy. I have to take this man at his word. Um, mm-hmm. I know that he is extremely talented based on what he did in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on offense, they're experimenting as if these 11 guys will be the best 11 guys on the field by and large. You know, obviously there'll be some rotations at the wide receiver position, at the running back position. On the defensive side of the
1: ball, um, the plan kind of makes sense and the plan kind of doesn't. Now, Seth, you've been here the whole time, but just in case anybody nodded off listening to the podcast or anything, hearing that Juan Thornhill is getting, or or Dan Sorensen is getting the work that Juan Thornhill should probably be getting right now. That makes you feel how exactly? I mean, (laughs) not not great, Bob. (laughs)
3: Uh. (laughs) Um, I like how you seamlessly covered the fact that I basically just dipped on you guys. No, you were there. You were there the Uh, whole time.
2: You just were very polite.
3: Absolutely. So basically here's the thing with thornhill he he says he's healthy i have no reason like you said to believe any anything otherwise and then there's the fact that you we could see him playing better in the playoffs last year he looked like himself he was awesome in the playoffs um he didn't really have a chance to shine given the the scheme that the buccaneers were able to get away with in super bowl because of game script and a whole bunch of other stuff that matters but He he, In the AFC Championship, I wrote about him at the Chief of the North newsletter utilizing all 22 coaches film to look at Mm. his snaps, which I was able to do because I could see the whole field. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, And then select plays. But what do I know? So he was awesome. He looked like he has his closing burst back. All these things that matter so much. Uh, Here's the thing that I really... And again, far be it for me to question people that have forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. But for me, sometimes it feels like on the defensive side of the ball, how guys practice and I I get why this would be the case, right? How guys practice maybe plays a bigger role in whether guys get like the primary job because I bet you anything and and look, Dan Sorensen should go down in Chiefs lore. He has made some incredible big plays. I mean, this was a whole bit we had during the Super Bowl run. Yeah. We were like, mm-hmm. of course, of course it's Dan Sorensen. It's always Dan Sorensen. And he made some huge plays, not just in the divisional round that year, but in every game. It's awesome. Now he also got exposed a few times. But anyway, um, I bet you Dan Sorensen is awesome in practice. I bet he is always exactly where he's supposed to be.
2: Every he, he, single he, play. He, he he tried to literally tackle Noah Gray today when they <laughs> literally had no pads on. <laughs> okay. This man, this man has not been to a practice, he has not given all of his attention to. It. <laughs> I I mean look, look, now look. Did Noah Gray cook him? He got cooked. But he, he tried to tackle. tackle him as if it was a real game. Everybody's because, gotta be like, damn, it's not Dan, they, Dan, not, Dan, they easy. not in pads.
3: Yeah, Dan, you can't tackle people. This isn't rugby. Like, they need pads. Um, here's the deal. You know who else I bet is really,
1: really good in practice? Ben Neiman.
2: Mm hmm. Oh, I guess. You, you, uh, should I just do my rant now? Give, yes. me,
1: give me your Nick Bolton Ben Neiman whole thing, Nate. You've oh. been teasing it for a while.
2: Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes, you Sometimes you know before practice, okay? I knew. Not a game. Before. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. (laughs) game. (laughs) We talking about practice. Practice. Sometimes you know before practice. Because, again, I communicate with folk. And it was made clear to me that the first three linebackers, as I wrote in my tweet, and you can see the emphasis at the end of the sentence. (sighs) Anthony Hitchens, Willie Gay, starter, Ben Neiman. Ben Neiman has been with the team for four years. For four years, people have underestimated this man. For four years, he has overachieved at the highest level of his professional sport. Does he know the system better than Nick Bolton? The answer, ladies and gentlemen, is yes. Mm -hmm. Does Ben Neiman make mistakes? Not really. Now, is he talented enough to make highlights? Your Honor, we will not contest that.
3: <laughs> uh, but see, And this is where cross-examination hurts people. <laughs>
2: but Ben Neiman, if you think is going to miss anything in a meeting, in a practice, in a game, you have not acknowledged how good of a player Ben Neiman actually is. And I'm sorry, but Nick Bolton's going to have to earn it. Unlike a year ago, where Damian Wilson by and large was average, and you could see Willie probably should have more snaps, but I understand Spagnolo's and Andy Reid's philosophy on letting young guys develop in a more natural manner than the sped up current NFL that we live in, where we about to give Trevor Lawrence to the wolves
3: in week one. <laughs>
2: All I'm saying is Nick Bolton's gonna have to earn it. Maybe, maybe he earns it in September. Maybe he earns it in October. Maybe he earns it in November. But if you think Ben Neiman is given an inch, uh let me be here to to tell you otherwise.
3: And and, and that's the thing where guys who are look, Ben Neiman, I I, I want to always try to make this clear to people. Ben Neiman is unbelievably good at football um if if he were to come play football
1: with you for some football is not like basketball you know where it's just like but if he came you if he came to your intramural flag football game or whatever Ooh, you, you would get cooked, be, cooked be by like, Ben Neiman <gasps> yeah. you would get well, cooked more, by Dan Sorenson. if you and your buddies even more so because flag
3: football is a very specific kind of sport if you I mean I think all of us you know we get together once you got like you know Five or six to eight guys, you can you can get some kind of football game together, and often yeah. it would be with tackling. If you and your buddies were getting together, and even oh. your athletic buddies who all played some sports maybe early in college or at least in high school, and Ben Neiman
1: showed up, he would hurt you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would, you, like your you ancestors would feel it. Like if you tried to yeah, pop over the middle, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be like one of the
3: Avengers showed up
1: <laughs> and be like,
3: "Oh, you know, you know, I was all state two years. I don't care." It yeah. would be so. These guys, they're not like us. Like I mean, yeah. like even like I, standing next to Patrick Mahomes, I was like, "Good Lord," because he's just this huge, jacked dude, yeah. and that doesn't come through because he's surrounded by freaks. That's so right. all that because he, he has is, Orlando Brown protecting him from Frank Clark. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> it's just like <laughs> I mean, like if you
3: if you've never stood next to Travis Kelsey,
1: it's an experience.
3: He's I, a big I, dude.
1: As, uh, whenever this training camp would have been, I stood next to Tyson Jackson in his rookie season, and oh, I felt like I was monster. standing next to someone from a different species entirely. <laughs> and I also stood next to Eric Fisher one time a few years ago and was shocked mm-hmm. by the fact that like he could have just stepped on me like a bug. Yeah.
3: I will never get past Mitch Morse picking me up and bear hugging me. And yeah, we get it. You're being friends like with Mitch Morris.
1: We get it. Dude. Yeah.
3: Yeah. No. So Mitch Morris was a center for the Chiefs, but I will never forget him picking me up and bear hugging me mostly as a joke and me like thinking there is literally nothing I can do about this right now. Yeah. If he <laughs> like, wanted to kill me in this moment, I would die. Yeah. Like if he just started squeezing harder, like, uh, but anyway. So oh. all that's a long road to a short thought that uh, this isn't to dog Neiman, but he 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 clearly practices better than he plays and the reason i'm saying that because if he didn't there's no way he'd still be on the roster cuz he hasn't played particularly well now he's outperformed his expectations all based all, from on the, from the
2: moment every, he got here
3: absolutely and that's good on him he is going to have a long nfl career and he has beaten the odds that way but like you look last year If you go back and watch Willie Gay Jr., and this, you know, what I did when I'm writing about the young guns on the team, the guys I want to see take a next step, I expected to go back and watch his film and see just a bunch of mistakes or something. Instead, I went back and watched. I was like, man, he was even better than we thought, like at the time. And they kept him off the field in favor of Ben Neiman. And I do think that they tend to really value the... This guy knows the system inside and out. He will never get a question wrong. Like you said, if you think Ben Neiman has gotten one question wrong in, in the his meetings. film room or in these meetings, it, it hasn't happened. Not once. Because it's not like Nick Bolton is like, you know, right. he's
1: not going to keep
3: off the field. But right. That's where I do get frustrated with that because I think there's a similar thing going on with Sorensen compared to Thornhill, where they're just like, wow, this guy knows our system inside and out. It's like, that's great. But he also can get cooked by Noah Gray. And Juan Thornhill, now look, Noah Gray, I really like him. And i if while I was here this whole time, I somehow missed you talking about Noah Gray, I want to no. hear more about Noah Gray.
2: No, 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 no. Okay. We, that's, a nice, that's a nice little dessert coming yeah, your way, that's, Seth. That's important to me. But
3: Juan Thornhill, in most cases, ain't getting cooked by Noah Gray. Uh, And there's a a difference. That that matters. It's just similar to like how when when Willie Gay is one-on-one in space against a running back versus Ben Neiman. That matters. And again, that's why I had all this prefacing with Neiman because it sounds like it's a knock on him, but it's just a reality. It's just – they're they're just different. Ben Neiman is a physical freak of nature. Willie Gay Jr. is even freakier. And so that just is frustrating to me that – Maybe how you practice is a little too important.
2: Yeah. Well. Well, think about it in this context, because um, you are dealing with it with an older coaching staff, right? Let me just say this right now. Perhaps the most aggressive, progressive, I should say, perhaps the most progressive, uh, prominent coaching member on the staff is Eric b <laughs> 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 Like, like I'm just, you know, and I know Andy Reid, offensive of innovator, like. Going in the Hall of Fame as one of the best to ever do it. But I'm just saying right now, in terms of who's pushing analytics, Mike you Kevin. Know? And then Andy Reid's like, I guess we'll run it. Um, but look, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Uh, I want to make a quick acknowledgement and praise uh to Bamani Jones, because he he mentioned this and I hadn't thought about this a couple days ago. Ben Neiman is a Big Ten linebacker through and through. Sorry, did Bomani Mm. talk about Ben Neiman somewhere? No, he didn't. But he talked about the difference between Big Ten linebackers, SEC linebackers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Okay, got it. And so it's, it's interesting that the Chiefs are out here in the SEC trying to get these linebackers, trying to get these corners, trying to get, like, so at some point, Ben Neiman will run his course. And they've clearly decided that it has not occurred yet, but it's 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 going to occur, I assume, at some point. I just knew that it would sort of tick people off. And at the same time, I'm here to inform you as to why that's occurred now versus you thinking it should happen sooner. Um, so, Nick Bolton's going to have to earn it. He's a rookie. Um, the Chiefs do not hand things to rookies. And they really didn't hand anything to Clyde Edwards-Alaire up until Damian Williams opted out. Yep. Yep. That's on
3: a just to bring it back. That's one thing that makes what Trey Smith's doing pretty interesting. Correct.
1: You know? Correct. Creed too.
3: Yes. Yeah. Creed. Creed Humphrey too. And and again, my understanding is Nick Bolton saw some time with the ones on day two. Um, but that was Hitchin, but, with Hitch. Yeah,
2: that was in yeah. light of Anthony Hitchens not being there as well. And look, Nick Bolton's do, he's doing fine. There's not, I have not wrote in my notebook. Oh boy, like yeah, no. Nick, Nick Bolton's been fine. And I think he's going to be known for his steadiness eventually. Um, but look, we're, we're two days into training camp and the coaching staff, we, we've given you their philosophy on just how they want to handle young players, um, you know, in the early portion of, of camp preseason and this, that, and the other. Um, hopefully when we get to like September 6th, 7th, I'll have a real idea as to like, is Nick Bolton going to be a September thing or is he going to be more of an October thing? Because uh, Spagnola usually makes those distinctions as we get closer to obviously the opener,
1: we got to get out of here. So I, three rat a tat tats here in the last last two minutes of the show. One thing, um, Chris Jones talked today, and he said he's dropped, and he said fifteen to twenty pounds, despite also eating a bunch of Popeyes, which is probably <laughs> going to make me order Popeyes tonight. Um, but it, like he, he's talking about getting into Pilates earlier this off season than he yep. usually does, and dropping a bunch of weight. This dude has been preparing to play defensive and also credited Jaron Reed's addition as, as giving him a chance to move out. Thought that was kind of interesting. Um, Mike Hughes, starting outside opposite Traverius Ward in day Ooh. one with Sneed in the slot and Noah Gray. Nick, uh, Nate, you can uh, pick one of... Uh, Seth, do you want to pick one of those things that you find interesting? Nate, you pick one and then we'll get out of here. Sure. Go ahead, I- Seth. I'll
3: pick Jones because I feel like I've made my entire career on Chris Jones' <laughs> clips <laughs> utilizing Coach's film. Give me 30 Um, seconds on it. Jones, that's really interesting. He is clearly amped. And this is like his like eight mile. If you had one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted. This is his moment. And it would be hilarious to me if Chris Jones this many years into his career had like a 20 sack season playing mostly defensive end.
1: That would be incredible. And you'd never hear the end of it from him. Uh, which one do you like there, Nate? Or if in fact, if you want, I can give you. I, I want to know what you think about the cornerback group, so I, I I'm biased towards that one. Um, but also, I want you to talk about Noah Gray, so you can give me you can be you know thirty seconds on each, and let's get out of here. Uh, Mike Hughes is ahead of uh, DeAndre Baker. Wasn't sure that
2: was going to be the case when we got to training camp. Also, another thing too, um, Rashad Fenton, kind yeah. of in this weird Juan Thornhill. Warm mm-hmm. cool. Okay, <laughs> right. I was, I was going to ask specifically about Fenton so that like I, I again as I said before I trust Rashad Fenton maybe they want to give and I again I would understand this too if they want to give more reps right now to a a guy coming off of a broken femur and be a guy they just traded for okay that makes sense but at some point I, 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 I trust Rashad Fenton so he kind of needs to be in the mix but he's kind of in that second group with Juan Thornhill for whatever reason
1: all right this is the outro also. Um this is the outro. Whatever your whatever your last words are, this is the outro. Go ahead Nate, tell him to. it. Go Noah to, great. Yes. The
2: the the bigger Chiefs audience under like got a got a nice little taste of what I've been saying for months now. Just look, he's a he's a gorgeous, majestic white horse on a sandy beach who's now cooking Dan Sorensen in non-padded practices, okay? If he does this in pads, I can't I can't love him the way I love Jody Fortson because Jody Ugh. Fortson just came from he came from Division 2, y'all. Let this be the year. Let this be the year. But Jody in a, Fort season. But if if we get a Jody Fortson preseason Blaze package and a Noah Gray sizzle
0: reel in yes. preseason,
2: just Lord take me now.